Yeah, you're listening to the average Joe's things you think you don't care about. It's America's fastest growing podcast, so just sit back and relax. We got the average Joe Boo and the average Joe. We got the mic set up in the studio. Gonna entertain ya, nobody can blame ya. Spending all of your time listening to the average shows. We're gonna talk about something that you think you don't care about. We're gonna talk about something that you think you don't care about. Oh yeah. Average Joe's Media. The podcast, Things You Think You Don't Care About. Featuring the average Joe. And the average Joe Boo. It's in the game. Well, that's fair. I've heard it both ways. Keep it clean. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Average Joe's Media. I am the average Joe Boo. I am the average Joe. And today we have a... Crossover event. A real treat. Absolutely. We're going to be talking about mental health with top of the dude chain host, Josh Walker. Top of the dude chain. Longtime friend. Longtime, like, brother. Absolutely. Brother is probably more appropriate. I mean, it really is. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great time. Until we get to that point, however, we do got a couple of housekeeping things we got to talk about. Yeah, we got to get the broom and dustpan out a little bit. Absolutely. So uh, this is the podcast, Things You Think You Don't Care About, presented by the Gingrich Group. The Gingrich Group. You know, John Jacobus makes dreams come true for a living. He really does. So why don't you let him make one of your dreams come true today by giving him a call, giving him a text, giving him an email. Tell him the average Joe sent you. Please do. Absolutely. We got to keep the lights on. That's right. Got to keep the lights on. That's right. You know what I mean? These things don't buy themselves. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You give him a call, 972 754 0361, or you can email him, John at the Gingrich Group.com. Or go to his website, www.thegingrichgroup.com. And uh, you know what? He is the Ohio State, right? Yeah. He is the realtor of the average Joe's. That's, uh, he really is. He actually sold me my first house. He did. It was a fantastic experience. John took care of everything I needed. And, uh, I mean, I would do it again. I mean, he's going to be my realtor whenever we get rich and famous and I can afford to buy a house. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to happen. Let's just get to that credit score up first and then yeah. give him a call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be great. But, hey, so today, if you're out and about, yep. speaking of John. Speaking of John. And you're driving around. Because people like to drive on Saturdays. They really it's, do. It's a beautiful day. It's like a fall day. You know what I mean? It was like yep. 75 on the drive over here. Yep. Going over the lake. It was really cool. You know, a little crisp, a little brisk. Did you have the window down? I did a little bit. The breeze through your hair? I'm telling you what, or man. Or your hat? It was. It okay. was great. It That's was good. just waving everywhere. It really was. You know, I felt like I was in a L'Oreal commercial. It was amazing. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, so if you're out and about driving, there's an open house event. That's right. Open house, 1922 Euclid Avenue. Um, number B. Yeah, number B. Is in, boy, this is a great place to live, potentially. That's right. Dallas, Texas, 75206, from 12 to 2 o'clock, so not that long from now. You know, and when you're driving, you're probably thinking to yourself, what am I going to drive to? I'm going to listen, or, you know, if I'm a passenger. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm taking an Uber yeah. over to the, the, the open house. I'm going to watch Let's Average Joe's Media, things you think you don't Joe's care media. about, podcast presented Absolutely. by the Gingrich Group. So you can listen to us talk about John 
on your way to go meet John. Absolutely. It would it's be, gonna be great. It'd be fantastic. And even if you're saying, I don't know if I want to, if this is the perfect spot for me, why don't you go see John? Say, oh my gosh, we wanted to come meet you, shake your hand, get an autograph. Yep. Average Joe Boo and Average Joe sent us. We will, you know. We give autographs, John gives autographs. They may not be worth much, but they are priceless <laughs> for us. They really are. You know, it, it's it's what it's what's in the heart that matters. That's right. And you know what? It just uh, when dreams come true, it's it's different for everybody. It's a miracle. That's right. It really is. That's shout great. out to miracles. So uh, next Thursday or this coming Thursday, I'm gonna you know we're gonna go eat some food. We're gonna go eat some food at Snuffers and Richardson off Campbell. Cheddar fries for a cause. Cheddar fries for a cause. And you know what? If you're of a Canadian persuasion, we can slap some gravy on those bad boys. And we really can. And you can have some poutine. We can have for some a cause. Americanized poutine. You can. That's right. I mean, that's pretty much what happened last weekend. That's right. So all the, uh, not all the, not all of the proceeds, 20%, 20% of, of proceeds. all your food and beverage purposes. Purpose. Purposes. Purposes. Yeah. Well, the you're purpose of going there yeah, is the to purpose, purchase yes, food. Exactly. Yes, exactly. You know, I digress. Yeah. We, we missed uh, the but meal. A little bit. But that's what makes us adorable yeah. and lovable. Okay, yeah. So go out there, get some food, fill your belly. It's going to be great. 20% is all that's going right. to CraftFit and their work with Answer International. That's right. From uh, October 10th, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., Snuffers and Richardson. Go out, get some food, support mm-hmm. a cause. Yep. And the then average Joes will be there. We're going to be there, loud and proud. Yeah, it's we'll be, be there great. Thursday. We will also be... At Four Bullets Brewery in Richardson. I'm telling you what, come carbload before you run the race. That's right. Really. Saturday, October 12th at 11 a.m., Four Bullets Brewery in Richardson is the 5K that Craft Fit is hosting. Yes, they are. And uh, we're going to be out there supporting. And and this one, this is where all the proceeds go. I'm telling you what. To this charitable event. It really is. That's and right. their goal, uh, and we released a video a little bit earlier this morning, kind of a little bit more about Craft Fit, a little bit more about Answer International. Absolutely, we did. And uh, their goal is to try to liberate w- at least one person from human trafficking, the horrors of that, and then um, donate proceeds as well to try to prosecute up to three people uh, that are responsible for torturing these, these individuals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a great cause. And it's an I, amazing I, cause. I recommend that if you have, have a heart, if you have a heart, you, you get yourself you know, involved you really in should. this cause. And it, you can be something as small as like 5 10 15 even $20. If you go onto the website, you can register for the 5K or you can just donate um, and just do it for do it for people. Absolutely. Do it for people. Absolutely. I mean, there's people out there in need and, you know, I, you spend 20 bucks going to McDonald's. Absolutely, you do. You spend 20 yep. bucks at the gas station. You spend you probably spent $20 on Amazon at least three times this week. It Easily. Take easily. That, take that money and put it towards a cause that's going to impact somebody. You might not even know, but it's going to change their life forever. Amazon is the newest controlled substance, I'm convinced. Well, I mean, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Absolutely. So, uh, ne- By the way, never give your daughter access to your Amazon account. <laughs> because yeah. now I have makeup. Can, I, on, on can I tell you a funny story? Absolutely. Of course you can. One of our buddies... Uh, gave his kid the Amazon password. Kid ordered a Triton. Shut up. A, a, a six and a half foot Triton shows up on his front porch. Two hundred dollars. That's. I mean, if if you're gonna get in a lot of trouble for ordering something, that's what I'm like. You got to get a six I'm foot like, Triton. You got to take kid's care. Kid's a hero. He's <laughs> a legend. I mean, the dad's probably like game respect game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send it back. I mean, yeah. he sent it back, yeah. so he's not yeah. that cool. But. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. I'm, yeah, you're going to be grounded. I'm not going to whoop you because that was pretty epic. You know, <laughs> go big or go home. That's yeah, right. That's it was right. a great story. So, uh, Facebook updates, ladies and gentlemen. We got some uh, some things going on with the average shows in the next uh, in the next month or so. We do, we do. So, a couple a couple shout outs. Happy birthday to the average Kaylee McCrory. Absolutely. Our, yes. our drop by 
the random, sp- just shown up. The spontaneous could, guest Spontaneous appearance. guest appearance yes. and supporter. Yes. Um, also, uh, a little shout-out. Uh, I doubt she's watching or listening, but to Jasmine, her wedding's today. I'm looking forward to going to this afternoon. Okay, yeah, yeah. It'll be a special day for her and yeah, her future absolutely. husband. Well, you know, I don't think I got to do this uh, on the last podcast, but... Uh, I'm waiting for it. I, we have a happy Aww. birthday for my eight-year-old daughter, Cameron. Oh, my goodness. Her Get birthday was on the 24th. I probably should have said happy birthday on the last episode, but, you know, things well, happen. It's okay. Her birthday party, however, is today at noon. It's going to be great. So, you know, when we're done here, I'm heading up over there. And she's adorable. And then, uh, she is. She, she is. is. But she's in the podcasting precious. game, too, so she, she understands the struggle. That's fair. That's why, yeah. you know, so she'll give <laughs> so, a shout-out. She'll probably, like, give a shout-out a couple of episodes later and yeah. say, Dad, thanks for the yeah. birthday love, yeah. Daddy, I love and you. the presents. And that's it. You know, well, and until she until she needs a podcast. That's again, right. You know, and uh, but also, uh, what's today? The fifth. Today's the fifth. Yes. Yeah, so October third, two October-ing. days ago, two days ago, my oldest daughter's birthday. What? Sixteen years old, Tara Joe. Happy birthday. birthday! Is it? Yeah. Well, happy oh, birthday happy, to you too. Yes. Oh, okay. yes. Well, I said happy birthday to him on that day, and I forgot to wake up Tara and say happy birthday to her. However, what I did do is I had my class sing happy birthday on her text message because she didn't go to school. Oh. I didn't know she didn't go to school because I got to go there like at 6 o'clock in the morning for football. But when I found, when I didn't know, I told her teacher, send her to my class. It's for something I got to take care of. Yeah. I was going to have the class sing to her when she came in. Right. And then she didn't show up to school. Oh. So instead, I just had her, uh, had the class sing on the text message recording. Nice. And then sent it to her. So Well, you did take her to L.A. So <laughs> that, that buys you a little bit of leniency for a bit. That's fair. Uh, so so when's her, you guys throwing a big Sweet 16 bash? Uh, you know, I don't know if we're throwing a bash. I, you know, I, you know. Is she, is she waiting, are you going to do like the car with the big bow on top of it? She, she doesn't have her license. She doesn't want to drive right now. Well, there's Uber and Lyft. And That's what and she dad. told me. I said, how are you going to get places? She said, I'll Uber. And I was yeah, like, yeah. well, so she wants a credit card with a bow on it. She wants a credit card with a bow on it. Absolutely. Like, how are you going to pay for this Uber? And so she's like, I'll get a job. And so I'm just I'm counting the days. So she like, got to borrow money. When to, are you to, going to, to work? To, she got to borrow money to pay for the Uber to take her to work to earn money to pay you back. No, no, she won't pay me back. <laughs> <laughs> did you pay your parents back for stuff like that? Absolutely not. No, no, you well, did not. That's it, a whole that's a whole other podcast. You felt like it was uh, a gift, even it was though a gift. it wasn't. It really was. It maybe it was begrudgingly given to you. I mean, and I had, then, well, and my, you graciously accepted it and did not give it back. I'm not going to lie. My grandparents like would slip me money all the time. It was well, pretty amazing when nice. they both did it because I'm like, Nanny, you don't have to give me 20 extra or 40 extra bucks. She's mm-hmm. like, it's fine. And then my grandfather. Wait, wait, wait. You told your grandma she didn't have to give you money. Yeah, because you I knew my grandfather be the, was going to give me money. <laughs> you might be the first person I've ever known to say that. Well, you know, my, my grandmother <laughs> was a saint. And so I always tried to do right and be nice to her. But because, uh, you know, hopefully none of my siblings are watching. But I was her favorite. Oh wow! Okay, there. It's just, pretty much that's, true. That is now on Facebook updates. Well, Joe you know, the sometimes and then the words of Lizzo sometimes truth hurts. <laughs> truth hurts. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you have not seen the little video on Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here, but it's the Aristocats. You know, the Disney animated movie with the little French cats, and uh, they've done taken that video clip where the little cats play on the piano, and they set it to that Lizzo song, Truth Hurts, and uh. it. Might be one of the coolest things I've ever one seen. Of, one of the funniest, coolest, awesomest things. Yeah, it's up there with okay. uh, the voiceover of the Muppet Show where they did to. Uh, you uh, watch so much stuff on Facebook. I'm going to tell you, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, you send me a lot of videos too, but they did the ODB's Shimmy Shimmy Ya, but it's the, the Muppet. Yes, okay. the, the one Muppet with the gold tooth, looking like a yeah. pimp. It was great stuff. It's looking, so much fun. Looking, I was looking, in New yeah. York a couple of weeks ago over Labor Day. 
stayed half a mile from where ODB died. Wow. Didn't even realize it until I got back. A little disappointed. Wu-Tang was actually here last night performing. That's what I heard. Yeah. Mm. Rouse's got a new uh, podcast called the Wu-Tang Podcast. Oh, check it out. Where they're going to... Just FYI. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. We should get the Wu- that's, uh, you know, once we get Dean on the podcast, then we need to start going after Wu-Tang. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Jason Giannassi, if you're still watching, you should make that happen because we know you got the hookups. That's right. That's right. Speaking of which, he's going to be, uh, his his crew's going to be with Paul Wall tomorrow. Really? In Plano, dude, at Legacy, man. Okay. It's going to be pretty awesome. Sounds good. Uh, but last shout out, I think, uh, Debbie Kirchin and yeah. Katie Kirchin are in Boston with our boy. That's right. That's right. Dean Lewis. Out there with Dean Lewis. Yeah. Watching a couple shows. Yeah, and they're going to be like hanging out backstage, doing a bunch yep. of fan experience stuff. Yep. They're staying right next to Fenway Park. She's been sending me pictures and stuff. It looks epic. A little jealous. I tell you what, man. I've been to Boston once, and I can't wait to go back. I love that city. Tell you what, been to Boston, never wish I could go. It's pretty That's fun. All I'm saying. I mean, you know, and so they're just out there just repping Dean Lewis, you know? Just like uh, Paul Revere, you know what I mean? Dean's coming. The Australians are coming, you know? One, <laughs> one, one by land, two by sea, I guess three by air, because I'm pretty sure the dude flew. But uh, but wow, anyways. that was a stretch. It was. Uh, well, well I, I mean, wait till we're you watch. To stretches, wait till you watch the Hey Dean video, okay? <laughs> Where we go over the top five things that he's going to be able to do with us when he comes to visit us in Garden. Right, that's right. Debbie, you need to show him the video. Yeah. It's great. Well, we need to put it out there first. We just okay. recorded it. It's in uh, the bank. It, it's coming. It hasn't been put in the public yet. And uh, bonjour, Adam. Yep. Thank you for greeting us in a foreign language every time. Yeah, no, I appreciate the uh, diversity. I'm telling you what, I'm still waiting for his Spanish catchphrase. Celebrate diversity. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Diversity what other What other Facebook updates do we have since this is the Facebook update? This is the Facebook update. Well, um, let's see here. <laughs> um, after our events going through next weekend, yep. we start off the, the, the next Saturday, and we got a, kind of an open slate yep. for any guest appearances that yep. might want to happen. And then... Uh, Josh's brother Adam's coming up. With yep. the end of October, first of November. Twenty uh, sixth of October, I believe. Twenty sixth of October. Yep. 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 And that's going to be pretty epic. Highly unapologetic coming out again, coming out down to Garland this time. Yep. And uh, round Pluckers two. Wing Bar apparently is one of the first trips we're going to be making. Yes. Yes. And yes. maybe the Maple Leaf Cafe. Yeah. We shout might, out, shout we out to Lisa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Home that's of right. home of the Putan. That's right. So uh, so so Josh, our second round of top of the Jude Chain crossover should be in Oklahoma. Yeah, coming so up. Just uh It'd be great. I don't know if I'll get Joey there, but I'll I'll make the drive. Well, you know. <laughs> I would have gone to San Antonio, but I was dealing with some stuff. No. <laughs> Foreshadowing the podcast. <laughs> Hashtag health. Yes, mental. Okay, it's it's just mental at that well, point. Well, I think at that point though I was still dealing with some of the blood sugar stuff, so. Yeah. You know. Shout out to diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know? Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put that. Absolutely. You know hey, I mean? okay. So, but the last update is that uh, the one-year anniversary of the Average Joe's Media one podcast, year. things you think you don't care about, is November twenty-third. So and we haven't decided quite yet what we're going to do. We but yet. it's going to be epic. We talked about going to Texas Stadium. Yep. Uh, the A-frame. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. Uh, but it's covered, so that really doesn't matter. Well, I mean, yeah, it could be a little cold, but. Put a jacket on. There you go. Come on. Well, Come on, to, support. Need, put on a jacket. We need to get Average Joe's Media. That's fair. Jackets. <laughs> uh, we go like the full Letterman. <laughs> you need to stop. You need to stop telling me things to buy. Okay. Well, we still need to get and the scarves for soccer them. season. Yeah, we are getting scarves. That's happening. That is that is so happening. The Harry Potter looking or the soccer, yeah. the English Premier League soccer scarf. Nice. Average Joe's Media. Yeah, so just decked out. So come soccer season, I don't know what people are going to be doing, but I'm going to be trying to promote the heck out of Average Joe's Media Night. You go into all of Rowlett's 
soccer games for the debut of head coach Joe Boo. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more people cheering for Josh than parents and family cheering for the students. You think that's going to happen, huh? I have a dream. You know, I, you know, I'm not near so vain. I might be a little bit, but not that much. I mean, we're going to cheer for the kids. Needs to be for the kids. It's going to be for the kids, right. but we may or may not have Joe Boo signs. <laughs> okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was our Facebook, Facebook updates. updates. We, uh, you know, we'll be out and about. We appreciate any and all uh, comments, any and all appearances, and uh, and you know, trying to collaborate and get something out there. You know, it takes you know, a, it takes come a village. find us. It absolutely. takes a village. It really does. Uh, Adam said, yes, a weekend of wings and putang. Well. And then. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> then he said, oops, autocorrect putin. We know. a bit of a Freudian slip. We know what you meant. We yeah. know what you meant. Yeah, that's fair. It's, uh, oh boy. Oh, that's <laughs> going to be. Oh, my gosh. That's one and then that. uh, we're supposed to go find Blake, too, right? Yeah, we're supposed to go find the Okuzo. Absolutely. <laughs> Josh, I don't know if you heard that uh, story. but I did. Uh, you Were did. you, uh. Where Adam got blamed for the fight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Adam Adam took the fall. I did not realize that that happened until we talked the other day. Yeah. Um, there was a couple other things that my dad had said to me, but um, the fight he didn't even mention because I think my dad was happy about the fight in, in his deepest, darkest of hearts. <laughs> he really enjoyed it. I got to tell you, if I remember a dark alley about, about to get into a fight with somebody, I'm going to want Buchanan and Walker boys. That's all. Aren't you? I mean... I mean, was, I mean that's, a, that's, a, that's a good tag team right there. It really is. Or yeah. trio. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, you guys could have been re, re, uh, was it wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah, I can't talk. It really could have been. Sorry. So, mental health, Joe. Mental health. Okay. So the uh, the emphasis for this podcast, the, the topic. There's I, a couple different things, right? There's a couple different things. But I came up to a, uh, I came up to a, a Facebook post or something that said, Mental health days for students. Yeah. Are you for it or against it? And I, I'm a little skeptical, Joe. All right, I can, I know that. I'm a little skeptical because I'm, I'm fluent in your skepticism. Yes, absolutely, and I make sure that you feel that skepticism on a regular basis because, <sighs> yeah, you deal yeah. with a lot of issues that fall under the umbrella of mental health. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't, at all. Yeah. It, you know, the first step in addressing an issue is admitting that you have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're pretty good in that one right there. You're pretty good. So am I. Um, so, but okay. Let's say I don't have. Let's say I don't have any of the mainstream. Let's say I don't have any of the mainstream things that in regards to mental health. Let's say that. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on what you you define as mainstream. That's kind yeah. of where really where. The past several years, my my position on a lot of this has really changed because, you know, growing up, there's a lot of stigma around mental health. There probably still is, you know, and, and you think about mental health, you think of people that have significant de dehabilitating conditions. You didn't really know a lot about them. You thought of people that are in mental institutions, this, that, and the other. But mental health in a broader sense um, really covers a lot of other things. It's not just like, you know, multiple personalities, schizophrenia, you know. Um, it then, is those things. What is those things? It's not just those things. Yeah, I just want you. I just want people out there to understand. We, it is those things. It is those things. Yeah, You're yeah. correct, but there's also some other stuff. And, okay. and what I think people deal more with in their everyday life, what people potentially are exposed more to, are are certain things like phobia, certain things like you know stress and panic disorder, yeah, um, depression. I mean, that's a real, that's a real big thing that affects a lot of people. Absolutely. And, um, going through some of the stuff I've gone through the past couple of years, I've 
grown in awareness of some of these things and really like i said just really kind of changed my position on a lot of them and even with some of the stuff dealing with the kids mm-hmm. um growing up we had our own hard times and never would have thought I, I was against the whole idea of counseling. I mean, who goes and talks to a counselor? Yeah. Who goes and talks to, I mean, we had nice counselors in school, but like, you know, like a therapist counselor or something Counselor in school like is not what we're talking about. I know, but I'm just saying, you know, shout out to the Blair and other counselors. Oh, yeah. You know? Tina but, Brown. Uh, Tina Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Um, but I never would have thought it would do anything. That's not for me. That's not for, you know, people. Mm, I don't know. Those people yeah, are you're crazy. A man, you're a man's man. Well, you know, I try to be. Okay. But, uh. But no, but so anyway, so going through some stuff with the kids post-divorce, Yeah. Um, you know, Jordan went through some challenging times and he, uh, with a bunch of different things that have all gone on, you know, the dog attack and, yep. and some other stuff. And we, we had to deal with some things sure. and, uh, we used a family counselor he actually came out to the house and came out and talked to, with all of us about a lot of stuff and really, really helped. And yeah. you've seen a lot of growth in the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a lot of growth in me and yeah. it really benefited from it. And I never in a million years would have thought that's something that I would want to do or something that we, we would do. Uh, but it, it really helped. That's good. That's so good. that's why I'm saying I, I'm, I'm a lot more open to it. So let's just, let's talk first about this whole idea of mental health days for students. Mm-hmm. Josh, what's your opinion of that? Personally, I don't see what one day is going to do for mental health. You know, that's kind of my, now, if it's if it's a if it's a thing to bring awareness to it, maybe. But if it's you know on the basis of curing the problem in some of these students, then you know one day from school is not gonna not gonna help that. Sounds Absolutely. like an excuse. Absolutely. We have senior skip days, man. That's what we did. That's right. right. You did, know, you, did you clear your head on those days? I got in trouble on those days more <laughs> than anything. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but you know, like I said, but I I do think just the overarching mental health discussion i think we're i think a lot of things that we don't understand kind of go in phases mm-hmm. um but we we've talked a little bit about it on our podcast top of duchain.com um but uh uh we we, we made the point Plug that game is strong today <laughs> we made the point that you know in the 50s and 60s uh you take autistic children and and, and I, I don't agree with chaining anyone to a radiator but they would chain the, these autistic kids to the radiators because they diagnosed them as uh, behavior problems. And and now we here we are 30, 40, 50 years later, and we have a better understanding of what it really is. Yeah. And I think from a mental health aspect, I think right now we're, I think it goes in ebbs and flows. We kind of write it off mm-hmm. as they need to, you know, pull themselves up by the bootstraps and, and get on with life because life is hard. But I think now we're at that phase where we're starting to overdiagnose everything. You oh, know, yeah. so you go, you, you got to swing to each end of the pendulum before you actually get to the middle. And I think 20, 30 years from now, we're going to look back on, on mental health and have a better understanding of it. And, and, and they're going to look at us like, like, you know, barbarians or, or maybe not barbarians, but very unintelligent when it comes to the topic. Absolutely. Know, for sure. I don't, yeah, I, I completely agree with that too. And, and I think the, the, like what you're saying is you you have some people that are overdiagnosing. You have some people mm-hmm. that it, it's a fad, right? You know, like there are I'm trying to think about how many hot topics not to get into today, but like, you know, <laughs> kids today are dealing with like way more than I feel like we did as a kid where it wasn't oh, as yeah. many options. So like growing up primarily you had boys 
Huh. He had girls. Oh, uh, yeah. Primarily? And, primarily. Okay. And and, and what was you was all you know had. I mean? That well, was it. <laughs> that was well, it. And then, you know, uh, you get into around the middle school age, you know, uh, get in the 90s, right? You know, you we probably, I think I, we were more, some people were more exposed to people being openly about guys liking guys or girls liking girls or, you know, liking both per se, right? Okay. And so, but still... That was so. Are you are you saying because we're having this discussion in this topic that that's a mental health issue? I'm not saying that's a mental health issue. Oh, okay. Don't bait me into that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not, that's exactly what started crystal going clear on. America. <laughs> I'm right. not. What I'm but basically what I'm saying though is, I mean, that that's really um, some of the social landscape. And so whereas now, you know, you hear stories from you know from our kids and stuff. They're going to school, and and what you see in society on on social media and stuff. I mean, there's like umpteen hundred different genders now. And then there's like umpteen hundred different sexual orientations now. And I'm like, why mm-hmm. are you even worried about that? Like in sixth grade. And then even hearing from my kids and stuff, they're like, man, you know, different students. Like one week they're going to be heterosexual. The next week they're going to be bisexual. The next week they're going to be homosexual. The next week they're going to be like uh, non-binary fluid. Ah, uh, binary, and, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that alone is a whole bunch of stuff going on. And then. Uh, you just have everything that's being on social media. They're completely inundated with all, all kinds of stuff. You're not just dealing with, um, like, say, for example, you have a bully or a jerk, right? Yep. You, you deal with them at school. Are those the same thing, Joe? They, well, I mean, most bullies are jerks. Yes. So. I was bullied in, in school. Junior high. Hey, were you? Yeah. Is that what spurred the... Uh, spurred the growth spurt, the, man. Yeah, I, man I, was like, I was like, this dude, I, was, I don't know if, there, if we have a whole lot to, to really demonstrate with a depth perception here on camera or not. He can barely fit in in, in, uh, yeah, in frame. Yeah, We're that, trying to he's, get a, he's a beast of a man. That came, that came in high school. So I was 5'5", five, five, probably a buck 20, which is about my wife's size, uh, in 7th and 8th grade. And that's when everyone, I mean, all my friends started shooting up to 6 foot. And, oh, yeah. And all that, and and I was just left behind. And it got to the point where I didn't think I was I was gonna be that dude anymore. Uh, and so, because uh, I was big, and you know, I was in, in fourth grade. I'll just give you an example. In fourth grade, uh, I had to go on a diet before football season because in order to run with the ball, you had to have you had to weigh less than 110 pounds, and you had to have a sticker on your helmet. So once you they weighed you at the beginning of the season, if you were under 110, you got that sticker. And then that was it. So it was like, you know, I was, you know, my dad was, you know, you need to watch what you eat. I hit that 110 and we went to Poncho's. I put it away like a champ. And, and so, you know, I thought I'm going to be big forever. I hit junior high and everyone shoots up and I'm just stuck. Uh, I was obviously a late bloomer and, and I was picked on a lot um, by, by bigger kids and, and all that. And I mean, it's tough. The one thing that I think <clears throat> is different today than it was back when I was dealing with it is I always had refuge. I could always go to go home and get away from it. Yeah. You know, whereas in, and I, my kids, you know, my wife and I had this conversation. We're not going to, our kids won't have social media until they get out of the house, 18 years old, and they get out on their own and all that. That's a good uh, plan. That's, and that's, if, if I, you need to write a book if you pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, I say and, when you pull, I mean, I believe you're determined. I mean, it's, to no, it's <laughs> difficult. It is difficult because, you know, my nieces have it. And so, but everything, everyone, my, my nieces and nephews have it. And they converse with my daughter and my son through my wife's phone so she can kind of keep track on all that. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, there needs to be a way to get away from whatever. The trash. And kinda, yeah, and kind of just regroup, 
and put yourself around people who who aren't going to do that to you. Well, right. and the yeah. thing about social media is that it there's great things in it, but you have to sort through the garbage. Oh yeah. I mean, it's and, and keeping your kids away from it is probably going to be one of the strongest things that they'll ever have mm-hmm. to go back to. Like I don't have to. I was able to get through life in a tough time without doing it, without being on my phone and scrolling through all the stuff and getting caught in the traps, getting caught in the trash. You know, that, that should be awesome for you. If you pull that off, that would be awesome. Well, I feel like a lot We're of trying. the stuff I, I, we experienced growing up starts a lot younger than it did, you know, a lot younger for kids today. Oh, no doubt. So it's this, because of that. No, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. But it's still shocking to me. Like, free, and, and there's other things that are going on, too. So, like, I think I mentioned it on a couple podcasts ago. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, I, I was home, and the kids ended up staying home, and nobody really felt well. And then uh, news started breaking on social media that, that one of the students there had died. And it, what really took me back is is that my twins, they're in their they're eighth grade year, and they've had a classmate die in sixth grade, a classmate die in seventh grade, and now a classmate die in eighth grade. And they've all been different. Um, the first the first child was, was him and his best friend were out riding their bikes at night, you know, going to the gas station probably for some candy or something. And they were uh, Snapchatting, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or right after they posted a video, they were crossing the street and a car clipped. And so uh. the, the, one of the students died, but the other child watched his friend die. Right. And so then all that's being, the way that kid processed it was to tell, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. And so now you have this whole population of these kids that are, hearing about like what you know seeing someone die the next year they had um, a student commit suicide mm. and it actually had a youtube channel and put in there on this i'm gonna kill myself tomorrow nobody saw it and yeah. she did it and then this one was the, the last one was a car wreck but i mean there's just a lot that kids are dealing with yeah, and then you've got drugs and alcohol and tobacco and other things creeping in i mean some of the there was a kid in um uh elementary school that was cutting themselves with a razor blade it's insane wow. yeah that's ridiculous i didn't i didn't get my first taste of someone my age dying to my first day of freshman year girl got pregnant and she ended up uh committing suicide before school started wow uh, for that reason uh and then uh one of again this is my i'm 15 years old mm-hmm. kid in uh <clears throat> my algebra class was kidnapped at the mall and and murdered and left in the in the median and then uh, I learned that my senior year, one of my buddies that I um, my class with and worked out with every now and then, he was on our baseball team, but he, he got into dealing drugs and was executed by the Mexican Mafia. What? Whoa. Yeah, behind a, uh, a club in downtown San Antonio. And, and uh, wow. it, uh, it still, even though it was, you know, we, that was probably the closest one uh, as far as, you know, like I said, I work out with the guy at the gym every now and then and and all that. But even then, it was still distant, you yeah. know, as far as that was a part of his life mm-hmm. I knew nothing about. You know, it doesn't surprise me that it happened, but it's just that's part of his life that I never, mm-hmm. never had a part of. And, and so I was, you know, it still seemed kind of like it was way out there versus now social media. I mean. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's always, it's all the time and it's on repeat. Well, and the details of it were, all I know is he is they is he was shot in the back of the head and they found him in a dumpster behind the, the club. 
and it was just i don't know the details of why he you know drugs and all that went went bad but that was it yeah. whereas in social media now yeah like you're gonna get all those details because they you know because i wasn't in with with everyone and so you kind of just got the the cliff notes of the story whereas in social media everyone's gonna put it out there and you can put this 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 uh story together in its entirety and then it you know it becomes you know much more depressing versus uh, a guy made some bad choices and, and and paid the consequences of it well so i was listening to y'all's uh, most recent podcast where y'all are talking about the impeachment process that the house is going through with the president right. and uh, all the different stories and all the different information and how it's how it's coming about and how some of the democratic uh faces let's just say that are reading they read the first two lines of the transcript of that yeah. phone call and then made up mm -hmm. four lines uh in terms of some kind of paraphrase that was uh that was belittling towards the president basically right. just to make his own case but it was it was not right and that's what that's what social media does it takes it takes all those things the true things the things people want you to hear and the things that you just kind of infer yourself, and it, it makes a whole story, sure. It makes a whole story, but it makes a terrible, terrible story at that. Well, this Half it, of it's wrong. You know, this is going to be a probably a really weird movie reference, but uh, <laughs> Anchorman <laughs> 2. Anchorman, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anchorman 2. Well, the parody of that. If you need, to, if you need help with mental health. You just go watch Anchorman yes. 1 and 2. Well, no, just about like what social media and what news media in general, I thought that was a really good parody they did in that movie of how cable news started oh, and yeah. how they were just like hyper-polarizing different things. Uh -huh. There's also a, a show HBO did for a while with Jeff Daniels. Um, uh, uh, I think it was called Newsroom. Yeah. Uh, and it was really good, too. Just kind A of, show? Yeah. You're talking about? Yeah, I think it was called Newsroom. That sounds about right. Oh, and, uh, that's the dude from Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. show. Yeah. It ended yeah. too soon. I agree, but it was really interesting though to go back and how they used all the different historical things mm -hmm. that had happened, and they kind of showed how the media takes those things and runs with it, right? And yep. kind of a, a, the whole what true journalism has kind of deteriorated in some cases. Yeah, then that if you don't know that show, that's one that's one of the issues he had is is he wanted to wait until he could verify the sources and the story versus he had people, executives and all that who know nothing about the news; they just know numbers and ratings are trying to get him to push it out there. Yep. And then he, he ends up pushing it, you know, going against his, his better judgment, pushes a story out there, and then turns around and has to retract it. And it killed his, his reputation. Yeah. You know, yep. and we don't have that anymore. Now, credibility is a thing of the past. Yep. Now. I think that goes into also, too, like I think one of the things that can be hard sometimes is now um, you have all these different, uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this, like realities in which people are dealing with. I mean, there's one true reality, right? The world in which we live in. Uh, but I think that gets really distorted for a lot of people because with what your personas on social media, personas on like gaming, you know what I mean? All mm -hmm. these different uh, subcultures and worlds that people are involved in and, and associated with, I think it's really kind of distort from what's real. I feel like when we were growing up, life was a little bit more simple life is a little more black and oh, white yeah, no you know what i mean like like you knew kind of who you were and you knew where you were i mean we still we still had to figure things out about ourselves we still had confusing we still had you know we faced challenges and tribulations and whatnot but yep. um i think we're maybe the better way of saying it is i think we were probably more grounded yeah and a little bit more tethered to to people 
physically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just well, I mean, pardon the pun, person. but everything's now in the cloud. That it is in the cloud. That's fair. I mean, literally everything is. Our own mentality, our own thoughts, our our actions are now out there too. I mean, all the videos that that we take of the stupid things that happen, all the dumb things that people mm-hmm. do that they're trying to get people to watch I and mean, laugh at, or whatever it is. I mean, the time we spend on this. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're that's we're we're trying to make it big in the cloud. That's fair. But, but hey, here's some. Oh, go ahead. No, that's what I'm saying is that nobody's grounded anymore because nothing. Nothing is good that's that's grounded anymore. At right. least that's the perception. Can I give you a stat? Yeah. They, they did a stat out there, and they, uh, they said that, statistically speaking, we are at the most peaceful time that the world has ever been at. Yet, we have more negative news press than ever before. Um, I don't know if y'all saw the, the Facebook and Twitter stuff where they basically said, if you want the news, go out and talk to your neighbor. Because that's, that's how the real world works. Yeah, right. You know, what we get in the headlines is the, the, the top 2% of, of everything. You know, you, you, uh, I follow this dude named Rex Chapman. He used to play basketball, but he has some great videos out there of just people doing stupid stuff and all that. And, and you know, you kind of get to the point like, dude, everyone's getting hit by cars these days. And it's, it's not really <laughs> right. anything that's changed as much as now it's just easier to see. You know, you see it more. You right. know, it's, 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 it's less uh, because everyone has a phone now. So you're starting to see the, the 2%, and that's the only thing that people really watch. But it's dangerous to compare the world to that top 2% of what's going on. Absolutely. You know? it and, and it's depressing, obviously. Well, speaking of that, uh, we were looking at some stuff on the National Alliance of Mental Health, uh, NAMI. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, so apologies if I butchered that. But that they have a little article thing out there called Mental Health by the Numbers, so I thought that was pretty interesting uh, for a little bit of uh, research on the topic, so to speak. And so when it comes to what are, what are some of the top, uh, what, are, what are the most prevalent what's considered mental health conditions in America by in U.S. adults, um, Top one would be uh, having a major depressive or depression episode. Uh, 17.7 million people, so 7.2% of the population annually experiences some type of depression. Um, you got schizophrenia, which is about 1.5 million people. Mm-hmm. Um, bipolar disorder, uh, about 7 million people. Anxiety is almost 20% of the population. Over 48 million people are going to experience some type of anxiety or panic-related disorder uh, annually. Uh, you got PTSD, post-traumatic Stress and, uh, disorder, uh, 9 million people. Obsessive compulsive or OCD, as people probably hear, 3 million people. And borderline personality disorder, uh, 3.5 million people. So, you know, some of those, I think, off the off the, the cuff, obviously, schizophrenia, um, borderline personality disorder, even, you know, those people think, oh, we must have been born or something happened to cause that. But, you know, uh, bipolar, you know, schizophrenia, all those. But when you think about depression, you think about anxiety, even the OCD stuff, even PTSD, a lot of people like just, you know, man up, take care of it, yeah. you know, put some ice on it, you know. Well, honestly, walk it off. That is, for the most part, most of those things that you mentioned in there, I'm in that category. And I don't know if that makes me lack sympathy or what, but um, post traumatic stress, I get that one, you know. Uh, and that one really came to light with war veterans and people who have gone off and had to deal with seeing people die right beside them or being the person who pulled the trigger 
and ending somebody else's life right. or e- even worse stuff. And, uh, and so that one I can get in terms of they're seeing it's so real because it happened right beside them. And mm-hmm. then when they close their eyes, uh, when they get in that full relaxing sleep, it's not really relaxing anymore because right. everything that they see when they sleep, everything they sometimes see when they're walking around, every, every bang that they hear, mm-hmm. anything triggers all that stuff. And so PTSD, when that one started kind of coming out, uh, I, I understood that one. That one was logical to me. And, and unfortunately, I have this barrier of, of, of rationality or logic that, um, that makes me feel like I'm not, I'm not understanding what people are going through right now. And I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if that's lack of sympathy uh, or just a, uh, a lack of trying to, a lack of empathy, trying to understand what they're going through. But when it comes to just anxiety and, and a panic attack or whatever, most of those things come out of irrational fear. Most of them do. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if all this other stuff? And my dad was a huge what if kind of guy. I would walk to, we used to live right across the, right across the couple streets from where, where we're recording right now. And, uh, and he used to tell me all the time, what if you get hit by a car walking to the convenience store over here by Domino's? What if Russia drops a bomb on us right now? I mean, it, how do you combat that, those type of irrational fears? Yes, getting hit by a car is possible if you're not paying attention, if somebody else isn't paying attention. But the likelihood of that happening is, is pretty small in comparison. And it's just an irrational fear. What if somebody picks you up on the side of the road? Well, okay. He, he, he made me and my brothers grow up thinking about all these what-if scenarios. And as a parent, I do have some of those. You know, what if something happens? And I know if Kelly's still listening, she, she's probably going to respond on here, Josh has no sympathy. And, uh, that, that's, that's somewhat fair, Kelly. It, it's, it's somewhat uh. fair, but I guess my point is, is that whenever there's something that's more, whenever there's something that is more relevant or rational, I'll have a, a healthy fear of it. But whenever it is completely irrational, I just, I, I just can't fathom it. And so we had this example come up the other day, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about her a little bit. She, I have two or three uh, smoke detectors in this house. Okay, one's right in the living room, uh, and in the hallway. I don't know why they're five feet from each other. It doesn't make any sense. But then there's, uh, there's one in each of the girls' bedrooms, so forth. And, uh, but there's not one here in the kitchen. There's not one here up in the front room. And she's like, what if these electronics catch on fire? And I said, then the smoke detectors will go off. Like, that's what's going to happen. The smoke will reach the smoke detector. And so she tells me about a house that she had that burned down when she was like four or five years old. And that she has a fear of if Mm -hmm. the kids are here in the house and I'm outside mowing or something and there's a fire, she wants the kids to be able to be safe and be able to get out of the house and be able to be warned and all this other stuff. And maybe I'm just maybe I'm just playing uh, devil's advocate whenever I don't put them up. There's actually two right behind Josh that have batteries in them, and they're on the desk. And so uh, she keeps moving one into the kitchen, and I'm like, listen, putting it on the counter in the kitchen is exactly the same as putting it on the counter in the desk. It needs to be up high on the wall because that's smoke. Guess what? It rises. And so she responded back in a text. She said, you have no sympathy. And I was like, 
maybe you're right. But I, but I don't, I, I can't subscribe to the, the fears of the what if. Because what ifs aren't reality. So I'm trying to think of how I'm going to respond to this. Because um, we've had so many talks about this. We have, absolutely. Um, and so here's, here's my take on it from my experience. I, I think I've always been a little bit of a worrier and a stressor, you know. Um, a little bit. A little bit. Well, no, I mean, blame it on whatever, you know, you want to blame it on in life. But, you know, I've always been pretty aware of consequences and had a healthy, uh, you know, respect and fear for certain things. And, and over time growing up, you know, you, you work through those things, you get better. And it's not really been anything that's had like a significant effect. Like most people, right? We all have different triggers, this, that, and the other. But, you know, I had a, what, I, what I've learned at least is um, that there's a, there's a, there's a next level to that. There's a next step to that, to where you don't necessarily have control to turn it off. And I know that sounds completely crazy and irrational because I've very really, irrational. And that's the does. part I can't subscribe to. Well, I, I never was able to either, but like, you know, I don't, I think I've maybe told part of the story, but I'll tell the full story. So, um, obviously I, I was in really great physical health, took a little bit of a decline post divorce as far as, you know, not working out as much, putting some weight back on not eating the best, this, that, and the other. So uh, A1HC level was coming up a little bit. And so the doctor was like, oh, you might be pre-diabetic. And I was like, eh, whatever. You know, like I'm not, like, I'm, I'm in denial. And so then I went back and they was like, you know, you're labeled diabetic now. You got to start, you know, taking a pill and checking your blood sugar. And so it was really hard to do. I really didn't like that because who wants to hear that they had something like that going, especially, you know, mm-hmm. being 34, 35. Uh, but uh, ended up having an infection, took an antibiotic, and it had a drug interaction. And my blood sugar dropped, like, like took it in the morning. It was red. Call the ambulance. You're gonna die low. And uh, it freaked me out, like completely freaked me out. And I had the hardest time afterwards for probably several weeks, to where um, I had the the sense, the fe- the feeling of of panic, right? Of like, you know, free falling, that cold chill, mm-hmm. like you know, imminent danger. You're going to die. Someone's gonna kill you, type of thing. And I couldn't turn it off. It didn't matter what I did could not turn it off and and going through that and again i'm not trying to say oh sorry i was on facebook comment joyce was like you've always been a warrior that's fair thank you for that mm-hmm. <laughs> shout out and confirming <laughs> that i've always been a warrior but um but anywho um not being able to turn that off for me at least it gave me i don't claim to know everything about all this you know i can just talk about my experience um I really got to a point to where I was really struggling with, with like being miserable. You know, you couldn't, I couldn't turn it off. I didn't know what to do. I really felt kind of helpless in it. And I put forth a lot of effort to doing some research and trying to go about different things to try to improve it. And, uh, but I understand people's desperation and I can understand where people might, uh, resort to other things to try to make, you know, a small problem and it can compound into a much bigger problem. And if it goes unchecked, it could probably, you know, lead to other things. It's like one of the statistics on this on this website. The study was, is that the average um, length of time between first experiencing something and actually going to get help for it is like eleven years. That's that's a lot. That's a long time. It is. But any, at any rate, the more I have been self-aware mm-hmm. of things going on in my life, and the more I've put into trying to figure out what causes certain triggers, maybe what what's going on, you know, in my brain that's. Fit, creating this imbalance going on mm-hmm. i think the more i've been able to empathize with what's what's really going on and the other thing about that is is some of this whole uh, the fear of panic and the fear of anxiety it's really coming from uh different chemicals and stuff in your brain releasing causing these these feelings for you to feel 
And sometimes you could be having a perfectly good day, nothing going on at all. And then, you know, one of these, th these things hit, and that's probably the most unnerving experience of it, is you don't even know why it's happening when it happens. Sure. So I think different people have different levels of it. Some people's are probably milder than others. Some people might have a significant chemical imbalance going on in their body that requires probably a lot of a lot of medicine. Right. But it's just like, a, I mean, it's really, some of these things are like psychosomatic. You know what I mean? You need to go talk to somebody. You need to figure out what's going on in your brain. Or what are you doing to kind of cause the manifestation of some of these things? But there's other aspects of it that are really outside of your control, just like having a cold, having the flu, cancer, or some other type of disease. Right. You know what I mean? And so you need to go seek treatment from a professional and try to get it sorted out, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It so. does. So mm -hmm. I guess uh, I guess my biggest thing is um, is kind of referring back to a little bit of what Josh said is that uh, the mental health day for students and just kind of putting an umbrella over it is uh, is just the band aid and it's just one reason it's one excuse it's one thing and it's not really helping anything because mental health is not a one day fix as a teacher we get eighty days or so in the summer and. I will, tell, I will be 100% most teachers are not mentally ready to go back to school after they've been off for 80 days. I mean, who would be ready to go back to any job? Dude, I'm not ready to go back to work after a three-day holiday, man. That's, that's my that's point. Fair. Is that, that is completely fair. Is that mental health is, is not a, a, a simple fix. And mental health is just saying the words mental health really... It's too general, I think. It, it is too general. And I think that... Ultimately, I see this all the time at school. I think I've talked to you about this. I may have said this a ton of different times on the podcast in that the things that I see at school are so overgeneralized that it's really watering down everything that has to do with what education is for and what schools are supposed to offer and everything. I really think that in 10 years, the entire school will be special ed at, at nearly every high school because there are so many, there are so many people that take Let's, I'm going to use the phrase take advantage of one loophole in what special education services offer or, or do. And then now everybody in the school is going to have an, an IEP or whatever the, I don't know what the acronyms are, but every student in the school is going to have to have a review committee every year to see what they can and they cannot have and what teachers should and should not be doing because it, it makes it easier on the kids whenever you don't have to have as much work because some committee said only give him 50% of the problems that you're giving somebody else. Well, and, that's a whole boy. And, but that's, that's it's, it's a huge well, ball of wax or it's a huge can of worms or whatever you want to call it. But it's, that's the direction things are going well, because of the overgeneralizing that was talked about. Well, I'm not, I mean that I could probably have a whole podcast just on how insane and not how, for lack of a, better way of saying how stupid it really is to t do that to children that might have some type of impairment or some type of challenge. Um, they don't need you to dumb things down for them. They don't need to do as much. They don't need to do less than everyone else. They just need to have accommodations made and things be adapted. Um, if a child can't, if a child has a physical disability and they're still smart, you know, they have no cognitive or intellectual disability, then just modify what you're asking them to do so that they're able to complete the assignment just like anybody else. And if there is a cognitive or intellectual delay, 
then they can still do the same amount of work. They can still learn things, but it just has to be done in a different manner. So people I think, need to put in the work. I think what I'm to saying try to benefit people. is that there's going to be a point in time where that's going to be impossible for teachers to do. It's going to be impossible to give every single student different accommodations because of all the different things, all the that this umbrella covers. You know what I'm saying? But so think about it from a standpoint. We had this conversation about dyslexia, right? Yep. So a long time ago, dyslexia was like, oh man, people were like, oh, what is that? You know, really scared about it. And but now it's not a big deal. Well, it's not a big deal at all. That's true. And I think that I think Josh also said something like that. He said in 20, 30 years we're going to look no. back and. And then we're going to have more answers rather than just overgeneralizations. Well, and I, you know, when you talked about the chemical imbalance or the chemical issues that cause this stuff, I think we all do it mm-hmm. to a degree. You know, I wake up every now and then in a funk and, you know, I need to do stuff, but it's Saturday and, and I just, I lay around, you know, but then I, I pull myself out of it. And, and I think... <clears throat> kind of what, what along the lines Josh is, is saying too is you have these what ifs so what so the point being is this is you know you have this chemical whatever happens in your brain which we don't understand the brain near enough to to really uh talk about it but the point being is 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 someone says well you know depression is is you you can't get out of bed and, and all that well I mean there's some days that I don't want to get out of bed and and so, but you you look at somebody who's a kid, and they they say, "I don't want to get out of bed." Then they automatically turn into, "What if I have depression?" And then they go from a, they go into a victim mentality of maybe this is what it is. And then every time they're sad, which sad's a normal emotion. I mean, that's just we're, it, we're it's it's given to us so that we can deal with things. You know, I was sad when my dad died, Absolutely. but you know, I, I mean, and and that week was terrible, and and I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want, you know, my wife was in, in Oklahoma City. I was in Austin uh, when he died, and she called me and said, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, I really would prefer that you not come in till Sunday. And, I, you know, that way I don't have to worry about you guys while I'm here. And, 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 and that's how I dealt with it, man. I drove. I went, I went places by myself. Some, I mean, sometimes I just sat in my car and just sat there for you know, I sat in the parking lot of San Marcos's uh outlet mall for 3 hours just in the car people thought probably thought I was weird <laughs> and, and all that but you know it's just how I dealt with it you know now you know I don't, you know obviously I don't have these issues but you know someone else goes through something like that and then they 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 start to self diagnose themselves and then you know next thing you know they feel a little sad about something and then they just you know, what if this happens, what if this happens, what if this, and it's just a, a snowball, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and and it, the reason is, is because we're being told, depression, 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 everyone's got depression, and you may not have depression, you just may have a bad week, you know, and, and it's like a hypochondriac, you know, you start to get a rash on your arm, and you think you got something wrong, you know, you could, you, I mean, you can Google rash on my arm, and come up with a million different uh, issues that that may be, when it just may be you're allergic to the grass you cut last week, yeah. you know, and and so, I think the same thing with mental health. That's what's happening is is we see this we we die, self diagnose ourselves. Well, you know, yeah, I was sad yesterday, or I lost my appetite yesterday. Maybe I am having this issue or that issue, or I'm getting more angry. You know, uh, I I've I mean to be honest, I've self diagnosed myself with CTE. You know, and I probably have it uh, from all the years of football, but. I don't think that's going to 
hopefully, you know, that's not going to cause me to go do what Junior Seau did or or anything like that, you know. I mean, I, I do have memory loss, though. You know, it's hard for me to remember people's names and, and short-term and all that. But I, I just think, you know, sometimes we make ourselves a victim like there's no hope. I have CTE. Eventually, one day, I'm going to shoot myself in the chest and all that. And, and I don't think you can live life that way. Because it just, it just, like I said, just snowballs and gets worse and worse and worse. Well, I see, part of... Part of I think it's good that we're we're talking about this and more people are more people need to talk about things so it's less taboo, right? Sure. Right. And people can have more honest honest conversations. I do agree with you that I think there are some people that can go down the path of of over diagnosing, over medicating, and this, that, and the other. But I think there's there's equally right. There's this other population that might be struggling with different aspects. You know, something's no, going on and that it's starting to impact their life. And not I don't not everyone is probably always aware to be able to say hey man something's going on what's you know what what is what is causing this and i think things can can progressively get out of control and so um if in some of those cases if people didn't have a support system if you know what i mean if people didn't have people right. around them to try to help them if they were more aware and, and felt more comfortable maybe going to a doctor or something to say hey this this is going on something's you know something's happening then it might intervention at an early stage right might be able to might be able to have a result of they're able to overcome it. Like you were saying, like, you know, your father, you know, you probably went through a small period of depression and you dealt with it. Right. You, you were able to handle it with your, with your friends and your family and your support yourself. You went through your process of dealing with grief and, and you were able to come out of it. I think the other reality of it is, it's just like people, some people are physically strong stronger than others. And I think some people are more equipped emotionally, psychologically to deal with certain things than others. And, just like like with anything else in life. So to that point, I think uh, I'm going to read a couple comments here. Debbie, appreciate you uh, responding. What while in Boston, you know that's awesome. She's watching it out there. That's dedication. It really is at its finest. So she says, respect to Josh because if you have not dealt with it, then it's truly hard to understand it and even believe it. I think people just need to be supportive and listen to those who have issues. FYI, I have them, and it's really messed up friendships with people. Well, and I think I think that's. I think society today is is a big cause of it. We said with social media, mm-hmm. so which social media, by the way, is ninety percent fake. Yeah. I mean, I, what I what I thoroughly enjoy are I'm, I'm a huge troll on Twitter. <laughs> I heard about that. Uh, but what I thoroughly enjoy are these Instagram models who get called out. Uh, and and what and for example, what they do is they they go on one vacation for a week long span take a million pictures in different you know clothing different areas and then throughout the year they're posting oh here and such and such again or back on you know whatever so it looks like these people are traveling the world all year long when in reality they just took a bunch of pictures one week out of the year and so what what ends up happening is we compare ourselves why am i not vacationing all year yeah. you know and, and then we start to compare ourselves to that and then we start to think okay you know, this person's always happy. That person's always happy. My friends are always happy. And, you know, because you see them on social media, why is no one, you know, facing the sadness or, or having the same issues that I have? Uh, and then we start to feel alone. And then again in society is, is we, we don't like to ask for help, you know, and, and, and that's the biggest thing. You know, help, ask for help's not weakness. It's just it's something that we have to learn to do. And we have to learn to, to, to speak about it. If you're sad, man, talk about it. Because someone else may be like, hey, man, I had the same kind of thing. And then you kind of come to the realization like, 
You know, I'm not alone. This is normal for me to feel like this. I think that's the biggest thing is we feel a certain way. Everything out there that we see on social media is the opposite of it. And then no one wants to talk about how they're really feeling. So we think that it's just us and there's something wrong with us. When in reality, what we're doing is normal. And what do you do to help get out of it? What do you do to, to get out of the funk? And then if it gets to the point where it's like, man, I've tried all these things. These things aren't working. Then it's so, you need someone to say, hey, you know, maybe you you really need to go get some help. Maybe you need to go seek someone who who can diagnose this at a deeper level. Uh, because, you know, obviously what we're doing uh, isn't working. Sure. You know, but I think most people, if they would do that, would, would solve the issues. And then that way you can weed out all the people who are self-diagnosing and then you get down to the a person who's really like, you know what, you know, I am having some issues with depression or I have, I'm having some issues with post-traumatic stress disorder and all that. And, and then, then I need to go seek, uh, some help. I mean, obviously asking for help is deemed a weakness, but it, I mean, it's really not. I mean, yeah. it takes a lot of strength to, to ask somebody to help you out. Asking for help is probably one of the strongest things somebody can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and society says it's not. And so one thing, one credit to Joe, uh, uh, of what he said was, whether people are physically strong or, or more mentally strong or intelligent or artistic or whatever it is. Um, I mean, I think that he's right on about that. Everybody has our talent, has their own individual talents, and then they have their own individual weaknesses. Right. And so uh, I'm not going to say that I fall under the category of more mentally strong, but I like to think that I do. Because whenever I was going through separation and stuff, um, it was it was tough to get through for about for about a week. Because I was used to this norm of life, and then all of a sudden, a bomb's dropped in the relationship, and things change, and you have to deal with it. Right. And it was never the intent going into that. You, you'd never go into a, a relationship that you want to last for a long time, and then when it doesn't last for a long time, that's normal. Right. So you, you have to be able to somehow figure out a way around that. And I struggled for a little while about it until some people were, a lot of people gave me advice. A lot of it was unsolicited advice. A lot of it was horrible advice. And a lot of it was more just along the lines of what uh, what Debbie said, listening and being supportive of whatever I was trying to do at the time. And so, um, and I, but I wouldn't qualify that as having mental health issues. I qualified right. that as having a difficult time in my life and having to deal with it. And similar to losing a parent or losing someone close to you, it's a, that's not easy to deal with. And uh, regardless of if whether it's a parent, a grandparent, a best friend, a brother or sister, you cannot qualify those events and say you should just be able to get through those. No, that's it's too difficult to just be able to get through it. Right. And so whether you seek help, whether you go sit in your car for three hours, whether you listen to um, some some podcast on on mental health, whether you read your Bible, whether you pray, whether whatever it is that you do, whatever. Um, so self-diagnosis, so I'm going to use the term like self-prescribe. Whatever you prescribe for yourself, that that's what you do to get through what you need to do, and it's to help you through those weak times because you have strengths to get through. You, you don't have weaknesses whenever it comes to your strengths. Does that make sense? Right. And so uh, and so, anyways, but a, another comment here, Moss Green, this is Kelly's grandmother. She says, anxiety, take it from one who knows it can come in a heartbeat for no reason people can't empathize unless they've experienced it and again i feel like that's kind of where i'm at you know i I can't necessarily empathize 
And she says in five, and her family have it, so she, she thinks it's inherited. And I think she was kind of being a little bit, uh, a little bit humorous when she said that because her dad, uh, not her dad, her uh, her her son, uh, Kelly's dad, and Kelly both experienced a lot of anxiety-related issues and stuff. And whenever Kelly would tell me she was dealing with anxiety, I would just kind of look at her like, "What do I do? Like, how how can I help you? You know, or or what do you need?" And she could never really tell me because she didn't know. And so it really left me in this gray area. And I'm and so my only recourse is, at the time, which probably wasn't the right way to handle it, was Kelly's just dealing with some stuff. You know, she'll get over it. And it was it was probably really insensitive, or a lack of sympathy, which is what she said before. And and but it is. I mean, how well, you do have some epic pep talks when it comes to someone experiencing anxiety attacks. I got to tell you. Well. <laughs> The the post post X Men uh, experience where I had to leave the theater. It was uh, it was a very inspiring talk you gave me. Well, and I, I think that's, <laughs> I think I think there's got to be some understanding on both sides. Absolutely. You know, my wife, uh, on my birthday, uh, back in early two thousands, had a car accident where she, she rolled, you know, went across traffic and hit medians and rolled and all that and cop was you know surprised she she was able to get out of the crawl out of the car i mean he expected to walk up on on a dead body Mm. um and so you know something that we deal with and some of our worst fights have been in the car when i'm driving uh and someone does something and and i you know do the maneuver to 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 avoid it she freaks out like panic attack you know has to breathe in a bag type thing and i don't understand it you know, because I'm like, you know, but at one time, I mean, I'm not joking. One time we were at a st- four-way stop, and it was just one of those cases where I thought I was supposed to go. They thought they were supposed to go. So we started to go, and one of us had to hit the brakes while the other one went. That's all it was. I mean, and she's like, you know, she freaked, you know, kind of gets, you know, nervous and, and anxious about it. And, you know, she's like, you know, we, you know, I could have died, you know, whatever. And I'm like, we're going 10 miles an hour. I really doubt, like. You know, but that, I'm thinking yeah. of it logically, yeah. not considering the fact that it wasn't the the instant that was happening there at the four-way stop. It was the fact that there was almost an incident in a car, which flashes her back to 2002 when she was rolling on the highway. And those are the feelings that are coming up versus, you know, versus me. I'm living in the moment saying, dude, a 10-mile-an-hour wreck's just going to make, you know, inconvenience a little bit, yeah. you know, and... and and I, I, again, it's one of those talks where, you know, she's, she's pretty open about it. So she, you know, and, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm a bonehead, so it takes me a while to, to kind of get to it. But I'm, I'm finally getting to the point now where when that stuff happens, I'm more cognizant of it's, it's not this incident that she's feeling. Her feelings are triggered by this incident, but the feelings are back uh, when her car was upside down on the other side of the highway, you right. know, and, and so you kind of have to understand, you know, that portion of it sure. as well, which it comes back to that. You got to You got to talk about these things. I mean, we've been married uh, 14, 15 years, somewhere in there. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. But uh, but the point being is, is I still have these if I'm not cognizant, if I'm not really thinking about it, I'll, I'll smart off like it's not that big a deal. Versus sometimes you just have to step back. You know, and again, you know, it just takes a matter of, of so much time to actually understand 
what's actually happening. And trying to understand these things requires that because you don't know what it is, you have to take yourself out of it. Right. And so I have tried really hard to do that with Joe. That's, um, that's, that's fair. So I, what I do, what I've done with him, and he's told me, <laughs> he's told me I've gotten in the wrong field of, of, of work. But uh, so I'll try to give him some things that have worked for me to get through certain things in my life. And so, uh, so weight has been one that I've dealt with where I'll just put some on and I just feel sluggish mm-hmm. and then I'll do something and, and lose a little bit and I'll feel a ton better. And so, uh, and so Joe's dealing with some of those same things as he said, and, and he went to go see a counselor a few weeks ago. And, uh, when he started dealing with some stuff and, uh, he came back and he said, I don't know why I went to go see him. He said almost exactly the same things you've told me. And uh, and I was like, maybe I didn't say that verbatim. That's, exa- yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what I heard. Maybe, maybe not that verbatim. was called that was called selective hearing. That's exactly hey, what man, I heard you say. That affirmation helps, though. That's yeah. right. And so uh, and so I I just said, see, that's what you got to do. And it, you know, Joe, I know it's not that easy. And I know it's just not as easy as hearing somebody tell you to do it, and then you just you flip a switch, you pull the trigger, and and boom, your life is spontaneously better. And I get that, uh, but. At the same point in time, from a, someone who hasn't dealt with it, it is that black and white to them. And so it's not so black and white to somebody else who's going through it, but it is to the person who has no experience in that. Well, I'm going to tell you uh, two points, uh, but just a little bit about the experience side of things. I mean, like it, again, not trying to encompass all mental health facets right just what I've, right. I've dealt with recently but it's enough to make you feel crazy sometimes like you mentioned the flashbacks to the driving and what trigger things so i got to a point where i, I wasn't even taking ibuprofen if i took ibuprofen i thought i was i was obviously gonna have i mean completely irrational dude ibuprofen is the devil's drug by the way well i mean but like <laughs> in, in all but just yes, a side it. note ibuprofen actually uh makes you dependent upon ibuprofen your body creates stuff that heals your joints and ibuprofen suppresses it. Okay, well, that, well, shout out to mom if you're listening. You she, she takes that stuff like candy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we, we, I guess we need to stop taking ibuprofen right yeah. now. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just when you're taking it all the time, right. it, it actually does. I've started taking it once a week. Uh, I've had shoulder issues. Uh, and so I just take, I just take uh, ibuprofen on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, and that's it. And I've, I've experienced, you know, sometimes you got to let your body naturally do it. But that's, sorry, that's a sidetrack. No, oh, that's okay. good information. Yeah. I mean, well, we're dropping, we're dropping bombs. Yeah. Well, I stopped taking it because uh, whenever I had those intestinal issues, the doctor said shout that. Shout out to Crohn's. Uh, shout out to Crohn's. The doctor said that uh, ibuprofen adversely affects the intestinal lining. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, that's in, that's part of it. In great quantities. I got yep. to where I was taking it every morning, like a vitamin, and yeah. I, 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 but I started experiencing some stomach issues and some other things, and it stopped. And when we're talking about random things, you know, no offense, Coke Zero, but I am trying to wean myself kind of off of things with aspartame because. Well, there's just a lot of studies of all the bad things those things do. Yeah, um, that's the government trying but, to kill us with yeah, another right? podcast. That's right. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that that'd be crossover event number two. That's right. Uh, but uh, but that's another one of the things to where like now that I'm I'm drinking very like some days not any of it at all, but I am noticing I feel actually feel better. Yeah, less joint pain, less right. you know aches and pains and whatnot. But um, but yeah, I think when you go through something that triggers one of these type of things, like you guys are saying, you got to kind of retrain your brain a little bit. Because I would be, you know, for I thought I was having 
I kind of got a little my, myself. I got a little bit confused. I thought I was having like what I got through not having the panic attacks all the time, but I thought I was still kind of like in the middle of them. But it was really just a reaction I was having to the physical pain of tension and stress. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, but but it kind of got crazy for for when it was really bad to the <clears throat> point of I would be like, if I felt like a twitch, <laughs> I would go have to go check in a mirror and make sure that I had symmetry in my face that I wasn't having a stroke. I mean, completely. Mm -hmm. Complete no, I mean I'm telling you. Went you went like, through WebMD. Oh, dude! I, when I you got a anymore. twitch, you went to WebMD. I really did. Yeah. That was really bad. Like it was horrible. Well, that's yeah. what he's my saying. Do my doctor and my, it's it's horrible. Like they should take that off offline. Yeah. WebMD. Yeah. All of that it. should not be <laughs> a thing anymore. Well, even the ones where you can type in like the medicine and it doesn't have any drug interactions. Well, almost every pill you can think of has a has statistically has at least one instance of a really bad interaction with like everything. Yeah. So a shout out to the Walgreens and Wiley. That pharmacist has the patience of a saint. Well, and, then, and I've been like calling those people, blowing them up. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? And they're like, Sir, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, Are you positive? Because I'm not sure that you're sure. <laughs> I mean, have you ran, ran the run the numbers one more time for me, buddy? Okay. Are you? you know? I'm sorry. Why don't you go to school for six years and then <laughs> we'll right. have this conversation again? That's right. Yeah, That's right. But uh, but as far as the whole empathy and and the whole um. I, I, it's hard to empathize because you haven't gone through it. Kind of one of my takeaways from all this and why I'm, I, I want to talk about it more and just try to be there for anybody and just be supportive of folks is, is because I was of the same mindset. Yeah. Uh, like I had a brother with diagnosed with ADHD and I didn't believe in that. I was like, well, that's just, hmm. Hmm. I, you just need to focus, train your brain, kid. Mm. It's not that big of a deal. And, and I still, I still don't believe in ADHD. No, okay. So like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like it's still, it still frustrates me, but, uh, but, but taking a step backwards after going through this, like I never, I knew a lot of people in my family and friends that dealt with like stress and anxiety and I could be like, well, I've had moments, you know what I mean? Pockets or same thing with depression. Um, I've had pockets of it, you know, but nothing that was really debilitating to the, to the extent that it, it really affected my everyday life. Debilitating. Debilitating. I think I've already said what, know what you're saying like 15 times today. Mm-hmm. It's one of Josh's new favorite catchphrases. Mm -hmm. Food, I, uh, Whenever you say, you know what I'm saying? I like what y'all said about the diet. There's this uh, blogger. She's pretty famous. Famous enough that her divorce went through national news. Oh. I've never heard of her. Her name's Heather <laughs> Heather Armstrong, formerly Heather Heather Deuce. I was listening to her on a podcast. Shout out to the Deuce. She, uh, she had depression so bad that uh, she qualified for a clinical study where essentially... Uh, they put her on propothal, which is an anesthesia for uh, surgery. Isn't that what killed Michael Jackson? Uh, I, Maybe in the I family. I think so. It's either Michael Jackson or Prince. I forgot. Fentanyl is yeah. one of them, and then and then propofol is the other one. Yeah. I think propofol is Prince. Is uh, I, I think fentanyl was Prince. Okay. I, I keep forgetting. Sounds anyway. like a, sounds like a family of drugs, though. Michael Jackson called it his milk. Oh. Uh, anyway, nice. it's my milk. But what they would do is 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 like after that pepper commercial. <laughs> it's the sweet one. <laughs> oh, that's great. Shout out to okay. Justin Garini. Okay, American Idol season one. Okay, but, I'm sorry. Uh, Go ahead. But anyway, what they did, it, what they did to, to treat her depression was, um, they they would put her on propofol. Uh, so a hundred is wide awake. They would take her down to 40, and 40 is where, if you're having surgery, that's where they actually cut you open at, mm -hmm. is at 40. They took her down to zero. So they would take her down to zero, 
essentially put her in a, a, a coma and then pull her off of it. And they do that three times, and they did that ten times over an eight-week span. Uh, and they consider they they said essentially what wow. it's doing is like hitting your your restart on the like you know turning your computer on and off you know, off and then back on again is essentially what they're trying to do to the brain. Sounds like playing God. Well, it's it, it's it's I mean sixty percent of everyone who went through it said they felt fifty percent better. Um, uh, now what now? It's a lot of numbers. This was an alternative to shocking somebody into a seizure, uh, but they were having some issues with that. You know, so they they developed no, this other one. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, point being is 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 on this podcast. She she tried to run a marathon on a vegan diet, and uh, end up when she came out of it, she said, "I started. I got off the vegan diet and started introducing animal protein back into my diet, and that significantly helped." Which is weird because I have buddies. I have a very good buddy who has uh, had diabetes forever uh, to the point that he was about to lose his eyesight uh, and then he went on a plant-based vegan diet and his heart issues and his sight issues and all that went away and his doctor says he's on the best health he's ever been in. Uh, so I think I think the moral of the story is, is is what works for you may not necessarily work for someone else. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's what you kind of have to have this understanding when dealing with, with anybody is... I can tell you my experiences and how I deal with things with the understanding that, you know, because I get angry or I get sad, I go to the gym and work out. Well, that may not work for everybody. Right. You know what I mean? They, they, they you know, whatever, you know, it may be. So. No, I think that's, that's pretty spot on. And I think that's really kind of the moral for me. Uh, the theme I've taken from all this is, is that now going through something that I would, was skeptical of in the beginning you know going mm -hmm. through experiences that i'd never experienced before um and i just i really didn't quite fully understand my kind of takeaway now is is i'm much more open-minded to uh other things that people might be experiencing that i know nothing about you know what i mean i'm, I'm as i'm getting older i'm a lot less quick to judge yeah a lot less quick uh to make assumptions and presumptions and i think um the other, maybe it'd be youthful, uh, being naive. I don't know. You know what I mean? Or like just how we're conditioned growing up. Well, you mature. I think one thing that happens as you mature or should happen naturally is you become less self-absorbed. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I know me personally, and I'll just give you an example. Getting on an airplane when I was single or even married to my wife. No issues. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, after my daughter was born, the first business trip I took where I got on an airplane, that's all that was going through my head was like, what if this thing goes down? Yep. And it wasn't any of and, and the reason is, is because, you know, if I, if I had a plane crash before then, my wife can take care of herself. You know what I mean? But now I'm in a position where there's this little girl who's dependent upon me. Not not financially, not just financially, but you know, yeah, in, in, in other areas, and and so now it becomes like, hey man, you know, hey pilot, let's let's be on your A game because there's there's more at stake here than there was ten years ago, you know, before she was born. Absolutely. And I think that you know, like you said, we become. We should, as we get older, become less self-absorbed. It should be less about ourselves 
and and the mentality. I know my dad, while he was in the hospital, you know, we had a conversation where he, you know, he's about to have a transplant and and go through all this rigmarole, and he's like, "Listen, man, I'm I'm ready to go," and uh, he goes, "I'm not I'm not scared to die. I'm worried about dying. I'm doing all this for your mom and you kids and those grandbabies." You know, and the funny thing is, is, is he said that to somebody and all of a sudden he has a bunch of counselors coming in, you know, talking to him about suicide and all that. And he's like, hey, hey, hey you know, I'm not <laughs> suicidal, man. Yeah. It's just, you know, I'm not worried about death, you know, uh, you know, and, and so you kind of have to have that understanding is, is that just when you're doing something for someone else, there's a difference in, in how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like. And in both on both sides, one things become more important, like getting on an airplane. But at the same time, things that I took stock in—clothes, cars, whatever—less important are less important because you know I'd rather you know buy a cheaper pair of shoes so I can buy my daughter, her son, their wrestling shoes or cleats or whatever. Yeah, does that make sense? And yep. so you're shifting dynamic. And I think the issue if we're self-absorbed and always thinking about ourselves, when those shifts start to take place, we don't know how to deal with them because. You know, we, we're, we're having to do things that affect us differently that we may not necessarily appreciate if that's our only focus is ourselves. And I'd also have to say to that, um, I think that's another area in which people have to find balance, right? Because there's there's the other extreme. Oh, yeah. Um, you can be, you can be, I don't want to say too selfless, but like if you make a lot of things what you're doing in your life 110% solely dependent like, on other people. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm trying. I'm already in the weeds here. You sure are. Uh, but like, say, for example, if if you if your sole motivation for this, that, and the other is someone else, right? Like, take people that are dependent on relationships, right? Right. You know, you know, we've all had friends that like, oh man, they can't stay single. They have to be in a relationship. Well, they need to. You know, you you'd probably say, well, they probably need to take some time to get to know themselves. You know what I mean? To to be good with who they are so that they're not dependent on something else because that could easily cause them to spiral, right? Mm-hmm. So you see the same thing sometimes with parents, you know, going through the whole empty nest syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you have to have, um, I think people have to be more aware of like what they're doing, why they're doing it. You know what I mean? Well, that, and, that and Heather that, chick, thing. that Heather chick said that another thing that helped her, one, she, had, you know, she said asking for help. Uh, even though it goes against every grain in her body, she says she's she's been more cognizant of doing that. But the other thing, what she said was saying no to people. Uh, my wife has a big issue with that. She, you know, someone asks her to do something, she won't say no. And next thing you know, you get labeled as the person who can, you know, who'll do it, who's willing to do anything. People start piling on you. Then you become more stressed because you you've taken on more than you can handle. Yep. And that's you know, uh, you're right. I mean, there there has to be that balance. Um, I think you should probably lean more towards other people versus oh, course, yourself, but understand that, you know, you get, you can't help somebody. And I, I tell my wife this all the time. Listen, you can't, you can't be there for the kids. If you can't, if you don't take care of yourself, if you're not around, you know, well, if you don't know how to swim, you're never going to save somebody from drowning. Exactly. And so there, there are parts. That's a good analogy, man. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's like that was, waxing uh... philosophically. <laughs> Put that I'm, on a t-shirt. Know, at, at what point in time did you think of that one? I'm you, this <laughs> or did you one, hear this that from your counselor and you're taking credit for it? He's been holding that for a year <laughs> waiting for it to come he out. He heard that from somebody else and he's not giving credit right now. That is, <laughs> that is exactly what's Here's happening. The deal. Here's that. the deal. Well, all the work I'm doing on the average Joe here is just removing all the... Uh, all the barriers that have been blocking the greatness that is the average Joe, homie. So so there's been a lot of dross is what you're saying. 
A lot of what? A lot of dross. What dross? It's the impurities whenever you like melt metal, like gold, silver. Oh, You okay. remove the dross. Okay. I apologize. Which makes it less valuable. Okay. When you move the dross, it makes it more valuable. Yeah, I'm going drossless then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going drossless. <laughs> Hashtag trending worldwide drosslessness. Oh, my God. Uh, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I think just being more open and sympathetic to people be more empathetic to what's going on and, and like you, every, we've all said um, it's none of this stuff is cookie cutter no not at all not and at all. it and like anything in life it could be too much or too little but conversations about it are helpful and people I think the other big thing of it is is um, removing the idea that if there's something wrong with you you're broken and if there's something wrong with you, you know what I mean, your damaged goods, it's really not about that. If you got something wrong, go fix it. Same well, thing with health conditions, you know what I mean? Like if you have, you know, if you have diabetes, you have Crohn's, you have, you know, whatever. See, if you, anything that you have, you don't have to automatically think, well, it, it, I'm done. You know what I mean? Just go go try to get, get help, work through it, and, uh, you know, make stuff happen. Absolutely. That's probably much too simplistic of a way of <laughs> describing all those things, but... Well, I mean, there's beauty. There's beauty in simplicity, man. If you can find a simple, easy fix that works for you, then there is nothing greater for you if it's simple and easy. So for Josh, it's going to work out. It's that's as that's as easy as it gets. That's as simple as it gets. Um, so far. The last couple of things that you've done, you've seen somebody, you've gotten some advice, you've you've found a couple other tools to put in your bag, mm-hmm. but uh, but you haven't found that one thing that works that gets you out of whatever funk it is. But got, but but realize how great it's going to be, or think about how great it's going to be when you find that one thing, that simple thing that you never knew of or never thought of, and now it is like a trigger because you found something that helps yeah. you out of that thing. It's going to be a great thing, and there's beauty in simplicity. Absolutely, a, there is. I had a buddy who's OCD who had to check all the doors. So he'd lock his car and then walk around and, and jiggle a handle on all four doors. And that's that's what allowed him to go in wherever he was going in and not worry about, he can concentrate on that and not worry about anything that's going on outside just because that's all it was, man. Absolutely. I think and I, you know, you kind of look at him like he's weird, but I mean, and he, he, it was, and I would mess with him every now and then. He, we'd ride somewhere, and I'd be in the front seat, and I'd get out and shut it. And I, one time I jiggled, and I'd say, hey, it's locked already. He still checked it. Yeah. Next time, I, I waited till he was on the, because I was on the passenger side. I waited till he was the back door of the passenger side. He jiggles that, and then I jiggle it, and I say, we're good. <laughs> and he still walked over and did it, you know? So, you know, someone may think it's weird, you know, but at the same time, that's what. That's what worked for him. That's what, that, yeah, that's what worked for him, so. You know, who cares if it's weird? Who cares if it's a little off? Who cares if it's not, you know, the norm? If that's what makes you feel better, so you can go in and concentrate on work or, or, or church or, or school or whatever it is by jiggling door handles, then then just accept that you're a little quirky, man, and there's nothing wrong yeah, with it. That's right. Well, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think we all have those type of little things, and, and like whether you was back in sports, right? You know, everybody liked to have, like I had playing football, I had to have the same face mask. Oh, really? You know what I mean? I know Dude, I listen people, to Victory by Puff Daddy like a hundred times for every game. Everybody's That's got the only song I listened to before games was Victory by Puff Daddy. That's awesome. Everybody's <laughs> got Eight a hype years. song. Eight years. That's right. And uh, so I think we all have those type of things. Like, I don't know if you guys have, I've lost something. I forget where, where I was. I think I lost my wallet or something. And so for years I had like a check. 
every time I was yeah. getting out of the car, every time I was going someplace, I probably looked like I was doing like a like a, a poor man's Macarena because I was like, I, you know, like mm-hmm. wallet back pocket here, phone back pocket here, knife on this pocket, keys, smokes. You know what I mean? Like I just – I look like I was patting myself down. <laughs> do, you notice, do you notice how he slipped in smokes right there? <laughs> well, I'm being, what, what can I say? He tried to make I'm, it all I'm coy in, and everything. I'm, I'm imperfect. I got my smoke vape pen. Yeah. yeah. Not, not a vape pen. I don't oh, know uh, they call it now, the well, jewels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the jewels. No, yeah. I, I've never, I, I tell you what, this is really off topic, but. I got my mouth pipe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Heartbreaking bad. Um, so they had a, back when we were in high school, they came out with uh they came out with this, uh, they call it Clips. It was like a cigarette, but it was like a vaping cigarette. And it made no sense, right? Because it really wasn't a cigarette, you, but you were vaping it. And they sold them in packs and cartons, just like real cigarettes. It, the whole thing was really dumb. But I hated the, I hated the, the taste of it. Like there was like this, uh, I don't really know how to describe it. But then So you tried all, this? Yes. I'm okay. going to blame, I'm gonna blame a sports injury and no longer being able to play football my senior year uh, for all of my tomfoolery and bad habits for okay. me. No, yeah. We all got but, our uh, things. Yeah. That's the yeah. simple. Yeah. That's the simple. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, never mind. Anywho. Uh, but uh, I hated it. And so then with the vape stuff, I have a lot of my brothers and sisters are like vaping and they all love that whole subculture and stuff. And no, I just can't. It's just it's horrible. Don't like it. Yep. No, I mean it's cool that they can get like you know cocoa puffs and Fruit Loops and you know like uh, I don't prime rib or whatever the other scents and smells and taste are, but I'm just not a big. So you've never tried it like a hookah. I, n- well, no, you have. You have. No, you I've liar. never tried. I've never you been. There's lie. a hookah bar next to my office. We've, yeah. you know, a couple we frequented. Okay. Yeah. No, we've talked about going. I mean, oh. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? You better hope they put a new uh, a new tip on the thing. You know what I mean? Just yeah. a tip. Just a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Another catchphrase coming to average just me. That's right. Coming to the uh, the new uh, keep it clean. The new intro. Yeah, music. keep it clean and uh, just the tip. Absolutely. But yeah, but, but yeah, I don't like all things. I mean, like you was it the so a friend of mine brought back um, some Cuban cigarillos mm. from Mexico. Uh-huh. So not from Cuba. They were from Cuba, but they he brought them back from Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. And make uh, sure you got your facts straight. Well, you know. I don't know. Because, you know, you hear the whole thing like, oh, Cuban cigar must be amazing, right? Wasn't that good? No, I about died um, oh. smoking it. And then I realized that. Probably because it was great. <laughs> well, this was in the old car. But, uh, but yeah, so I was I was driving home. There was traffic. I hate traffic. And uh, so I was like, you know, I've got this thing. I'm just going to, you know, try it. So, it was, first of all, I didn't like the smell of it. I was, like, choking to death. I was dying. And then uh, I realized that it looked a whole lot like a blunt. So I was, I was like, you know what? It's really not worth it. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's a good way to to end today's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're we've got into so many things today. That's right, Josh. We, we appreciate you coming down. Thanks uh, for thanks for enduring our enduring our journey. Oh, yeah. thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. That's uh, fun. If you're still listening, we hope you are. Join uh, Josh's podcast, Top of the Dude Chain. And you know what? When we go up there, we'll meet the other guys that host that as well. And uh, or hopefully, it all works out with everybody's schedule. And uh, and we'll have something else coming up. It'll be uh, you know. What? I mean, average Joe's Oklahoma in, takeover part two. That could be that could be fantastic. Had we known that Top of the Dew Chain was in Oklahoma at the time we were in Oklahoma, we would have we, we, we probably would have tried to come. Seeing with the Yankees hat, you probably would. Have you ever frequented uh, Mickey Mantle's at Chunk? I've never been there. No, it's a it's, it's a it's a high class place. It's an anniversary place, and we always just go somewhere else. There you go. Mickey Mantle's just always ends up kind of getting pushed off the list for some. It is. It's 
pretty good. It's pretty. Did y'all try it? Y'all did? Yeah, we, yeah we, we did. We did a we did an episode from. We went well, to, we oh, you a, did it in Mickey Mantle? Yeah. yeah. We did yeah. a lost episode. Yeah. Oh, so it's not there. Episode. No, yeah, we we we, we, we replayed it. Uh, we we learned not to be impulsive. There was a thing going on, on social media, and uh, a friend of ours' point of view that was kind of a, an itch in our crawl, so to speak. So we said, you know, what, we're going to drop some average just bo- uh, knowledge bombs on them. That's right. And so. We go to this very cool, swanky, speakeasy-esque restaurant at this casino, and we it was it was amazing, yeah. really nice. This booth, and you could draw the curtains you could, and stuff. You could close the curtains, so we, it was, we were recording. There was nobody it was looking legit, at us. And we decided to go ham on probably one of the most socially controversial issues yeah. known to man. <laughs> That's true. And um, people must have thought we were crazy. Yeah. And then we were like, yes, we're yeah, you know, like, we're going to tell them. And then... Uh, and then I was like, you know what, maybe let's just let's just listen to it later. Let's do another yeah. one. <laughs> and so then we got back, and then well, we ended up leaving early. And then you came over the next day, and you're like, okay, let's listen to it. And we listened to it, and we're like, oh god, no, 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 can't do it. No, nope, can't do it. Yeah. We're, I mean, you know, maybe in the future with lots of other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. With other <laughs> and uh, much more well rehearsed yeah. and uh, prepared for. But absolutely, it's a great restaurant. It is. Mickey it's Mouse. fantastic. I'll check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the crossover event, Average Joe's Media, Things You Think You Don't Care About, and Top of the Dude Chain. Again, this is, in my opinion, one of potentially many, and we're going to have we're, to make it we're happen. We're super excited. We're going to have to make it a regular thing, a couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, you again, check them out, Top of the Dude Chain. They're on all the major podcast platforms, correct? Yeah, topofthedudechain.com, get you whatever you want. Okay, and uh, they got their videos up on YouTube as well, isn't that and correct? And Facebook. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. Facebook, yeah. everything you everything you could want in a podcast. Also, if you're in the market for a house. I'm telling you what, John Jacobus, you got a friend in John. You do. You really do. He's at the Gingrich Group. Give him a call, 972-754-0361, or his email, john at thegingrichgroup.com, or his website. And if you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm, I, I don't want to do the whole media thing, a social media thing. I don't want to do the whole technology thing. I'm a go out and talk to my neighbors, get my news kind of guy yeah. or gal. He's literally going to be at, you can go hit him up at 1922. How do you say that? Euclid. Euclid. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know how to say that. That hits home with me because Euclid is a historic mathematician. Oh. Actually, the founder of, uh, or the, the person credited with geometry as we know it today. Well, if you want a gem, uh, gem, uh, golly, I can't just talk. just say what you need to say. Ge- geometric, geometric. I was gonna, difficult. I was gonna say like geological, yeah. but I don't think you can. There's a yeah. logical. There's rocks for, involved for, with that. For, you know, <laughs> geometrical. If you want a geometrically sound home, yeah, absolutely. It then pro- you go to is. 1922 Euclid Avenue, That's number right. B, Dallas, Texas 75206. Yep, from 12 to 2 o'clock. John Jacobus, the Gingrich Group, open house Saturday. That's today. I, you know, I don't know if he's going to have any uh, cookies in the oven. Well, I don't know uh, if he's gonna, he may already have them cooked ready for you. He might. Maybe yeah. some Tiff's tree tax is happening. But just that's remember, in about eight minutes, whenever is, that open house ooh, opens. Listen, yeah, tell him we right. sent you. That's and right. uh, if you don't have cookies, let let them know and, and let us know. And yep. then the next open house will be there and do a live spot with cookies. With cookies. You are putting things on our plate that, Well, I mean, are we ready for that? Okay. I don't know. But I mean, can you imagine how cute it'd be like, you know, like we have, uh, we, we bake with our daughters and we bring our cookies, our beautiful bounty of baked confections 
to an open house. Or maybe we bring them with us and we're just cooking in there. Full of crap. So they can see what we can make Christmas cookies. So they can imagine what it'd be like to celebrate Christmas in their new home. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's how that's what we're going for. This is the podcast. Things you think you don't care about. You can find us on all the platforms as well. Check us out on Facebook, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so on. I'm the average Joe Boo. And I'm the average Joe. Until next time, keep it clean. Yeah, you're listening to the average Joe's things you think you don't care about. It's America's fastest growing podcast, so just sit back and relax. We got the average Joe Boo and the average Joe. We got the mic set up in the studio. Gonna entertain ya, nobody can blame ya. Spending all of your time listening to the average shows. We're gonna talk about something that you think you don't care about. We're gonna talk about something that you think you don't care about.